When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Do you know who my dad is? A limited series podcast from Betches Media. Hosted by Brian Russell Smith and Alicia Angelus. Do you know who my dad is? A podcast about failing up. Hello and welcome to Do You Know Who My Dad Is? I'm Brian Russell Smith. And I'm Alicia Angelus. Do You Know Who My Dad Is? is a limited series podcast by The Betches Up, Nine of the True Crime, and At Betches, exploring dynastic nepotism and the effects it has on media, culture, and our current political system. That's right. This podcast exposes the privilege that leads to inexperienced and unaccomplished children of powerful people, usually white men, getting ahead despite lack of experience, intelligence, and mediocrity. Nepotism leads to privilege, which leads to a false sense of entitlement, which leads to unqualified people getting the most powerful positions in multiple facets of our society. Let's get to nasty. Hi, Alicia. Hi, Ryan. We're back. Yeah, how are you? Doing well, hanging in there. Good, good. This week, we are covering the Bush family, both presidents, their whole family. It's a big, big, big family. Yeah, and I think everybody will be really surprised and excited about what they learn. And next week, we are going to be covering the Kennedys, so. Yeah, well, well, let's get into it. Let's do it. Um, the Bush family is the definition of a dynasty, and I would say that they are extremely famous dynasty. They are one of two families with a father-son duo to become president. The other one was the Adams at, like, the beginning of America. Um, but, you know, their influence is much, much bigger than just politics. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to break this down by, like, origins of wealth, scandals, just general overviews. So we're just going to start now with the origin of wealth. The current Bush money can be traced all the way back to 1779 when Obadiah Bush, who was George W. Bush's like great, great, great grandfather at that point, was born and he made a lot of money in the California gold rush. Um, but he was actually a abolitionist, a very well-known abolitionist, and was actually the vice president of the American Anti-Slavery Society and supported the Underground Railroad. So he was, it didn't seem like he was all that bad, <laughs> especially given the time and context. Yeah. Um, what happened since then, I don't know. <laughs> and then uh, the big money starts to come in when George W. Bush's great-great-grandfather is around. He was a steel company president and during World War I was a federal government official in charge of coordination 
of like the major weapons contractors and was a very close advisor to President Hoover. And, but it wasn't until his son was born. So he's already pretty in there and that's four generations ago. And so it wasn't until Samuel P. Bush had his son Prescott Bush when the going got real good. Uh, Prescott Bush was a former Wall Street executive and then he was a senator from Connecticut and he married someone named Dorothy Walker whose father was George Herbert Walker and together they had George Herbert Walker Bush. George H.W. Yes. So like George H.W. Bush, our, our, you know, president, not the, not the most recent one, but the one before that. All right. Now I'm there. Yeah. So that's like about a hundred years ago, George H.W. Bush born to a rich, doubly rich family because George Herbert Walker was very, very rich as well. So H.W. is basically born into a lot of political power and a lot of money. It's crazy that they also all came, became famous from the gold rush. I feel as if people forget that gold is like the origin of so many people's wealth. Gold, oil. I'm sure we'll talk about an oil tycoon at some point, but like. Oh, yeah. And it's like, it's, yeah. all, it's all the old money can basically be tied back to like oil, coal and steel. Yeah. In the end. Whereas now it's just sketchy shit. <laughs> yeah. Or you're like, hmm, Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Um, and so it's these three generations that we're really going to be focusing on. Um, so George W. Bush, the 43rd president, George H.W. Bush, the 41st president, and um, Prescott Bush, George H.W.'s father. And so just for like all of our sakes, I'm going to name, I'm going to call George H.W. Bush H.W. Mm-hmm. and George W. Bush, just W, because this, I'm, the whole half of the podcast will be me saying and making yeah. the clarification. That helps <laughs> a lot. Okay. So I'm going to talk about some of these scandals. This, they have a very scandalous you know, life, and it's all on huge scales because they are operating on such a high level. But before we get into those three, I think it's always fun to think about the one Bush scandal. Um, Billy Bush from that yep. famous Access Hollywood <laughs> tape with Donald Trump. I still cannot believe that that was a thing. Like, I think it still makes me shake up sometimes that like that was a real video. Well, it's just so funny that that video happened and it's the, the it's a Bush who's like in, in part of it, you know, like that is Billy Bush. What is George Bush's first cousin? You know what I mean? Like W's first cousin and HW's nephew. So that's a good example of how widespread their influence really is. Yeah. And I mean, not for nothing, but I feel like they almost got out of this one kind of safe. Like everybody just kind of freaked out that Trump was talking about how he assaults women. But I feel as if, I mean, I know my friends weren't really walking around being like, but what about the Bushes? I know. Well, that's, you know, that's the whole thing is like, the, this whole Trump presidency has kind of let the Bushes get away with all the stuff that they had gotten away with. It's kind of like rewriting history. It's a little unfortunate, but we are here to remind everyone. Okay, so Prescott Bush, W's grandfather, H.W.'s father. Mm-hmm. Prescott was a member of, went to Yale University, like all the rest of them, um, and like all the rest of them, was a member of the Skull and Bone Society, 
which is like, have you heard of that? Is that like a fraternity? <laughs> it's like a fraternity, like secret society. It's so secretive, but it's a lot of very influential people um, were a part of it, like John Kerry, like Steve Mnuchin, um, wow. all the Bushes, a lot of people. And uh, so allegedly, while Prescott was there, uh, a few members and himself snuck into a tomb. So this is his first scandal at Fort Sill, Oklahoma, where the very famous Native American uh, Apache leader and medicine man, Geronimo, died as a prisoner of war. Um, And they broke into his tomb and stole his skull and some bones. And... (laughs) This sounds like the olden days, like hazing. Mm -hmm. Like, go in and take their skull and bones. And so there's this woman, Alexandra Robbins, who wrote a book about this secret society called Secrets of the Tomb. And she wrote, there is a skull encased in a glass display when you walk in the door of the tomb and they call it Geronimo. Um, And apparently it is still there. Like they, like Geronimo's ancestors have sued the Bush family about it and like nothing has happened, but they're saying it's not, it's just a random skull, but like how strange is it that there's a human skull at a college like fraternity anyways? Oh my God. Um, but Yale says they have nothing to do with it, but they know. <laughs> I'm sure they um, And so Prescott Bush's next big scandal comes in relation to the Nazis. He apparently had been aiding the Nazis and was making massive profits off of it. And it's oh. also a big source of the Bush family's current wealth. During the 1930s, Prescott's firm was doing a lot of funding for this group called Tyson, which is a large conglomerate in Germany. And it was also involved in the steel industry there. And so after World War I, Germany was not allowed to like, rebuild their military because of the Treaty of the League of Nations. And when Hitler came to power, he started to break the law by secretly building up the German military by using this steel company and this firm that they were like working with. And so basically helping to make Germany's weapons of wars, planes, tanks in the lead up to World War II, wow. which, which in their defense was not technically illegal at the time. It was illegal for Hitler to be doing it. Um, but what is illegal about what they did is that they continued to do it as the U.S. formally entered World War II. And so they were continuing to work basically to help make German and Nazi like military equipment. And the only way that they were able to get them to stop was the U.S. Treasury had to seize some of his assets and basically being like, bro, you got to stop helping the Nazis. Like, this just blows my mind that we're only on Prescott right now. I know. I know. (laughs) It's really, it's really crazy. And the U.S. government's like, bro, you have to stop. Prosecutors since then have said that he should have been charged with aiding and abetting the enemy. And about 10 years ago, two former Holocaust survivors tried unsuccessfully to sue the Bush family because they were in concentration camps doing slave labor and the Bushes were benefiting off of that, basically making money. So that's the, that's the second big scandal of Drew Prescott Bushes, the grandfather of W., um, the last scandal is, I'm just going to be pretty quick about it, is something that was called the business plot. He has been alleged to be a part of it. It's, there's not like 
crazy amount of information about this, but so basically the business plot was him attempting, was him and a group of people trying to attempt a coup against then president FDR and install another person as president. They had been working with the military and like we're trying to get all of these veterans and soldiers involved. Um, but luckily the guy that they wanted to try and stall when he had finally like got been let in on the plan because they didn't let him know about it was like, no, I'm not doing this. And like blew the whole thing up and it never happened. Wow. This is just crazy that some people don't really know anything about this. And here we are. I think it's, I think people don't, it's interesting because they don't even learn that these, that the two President Bushes had a famous father, politician. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click gift mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And gift mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy healthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. So this brings me to Prescott's son, H.W. George H.W. Bush. And so when we get to George H.W. Bush, he, as I said, the child of two very wealthy families, um, a political powerhouse. He was even in a better position than his father. He, as well, was also a member of the Skull and Bone Society. Um, And these secret societies have been seen as like recruiting grounds for the CIA and other organizations, like basically all wealthy white men from big families. Um, They have, at one point, there was only white men, but they had a quota for the amount of Jewish people that they would let in. But now they let in, I think, like everyone. So, diversity. His dad already like laid the groundwork for him to be in this society. So I can only imagine like, oh, oh, my dad was already a member. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like that kind of thing. Yeah. And so when he got out of school, 
he immediately started working for like oil companies in Texas and you know, what they do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, eventually was elected to Congress in Houston, Texas. Uh, That was part of his district. And so when he was first elected to Congress, he went to Vietnam with a CIA official and became interested in what was called the Phoenix program, which was essentially like a death squad program. Um, They were trying to end the Viet Cong. So they were kidnapping and torturing and disappearing people. Um, about 25 to 50,000 people died. A lot of them were innocent. Um, this is important because this tactic comes up a lot um, yeah. throughout his career. Um, and it should be like, it's unclear like how much he had to do with it, but he was seeing it and he was aware, you know. But that brings us to this thing that they called Operation Condor. And at this time, so HW had the, the most amazing resume. He was a congressman. He was a UN ambassador. He was the chairman of the Republican National Committee. He was the CIA director. He was then vice president, and then he was president. So that's like decades of extreme power. And it's not like he came from nothing. So obviously he had this great resume. Yeah, and it's wild. It's wild that like I, who, to just be all those things (laughs) in one life. And so there was this operation that went into effect when he was around UN ambassador working in the CIA CMCI director called Operation Condor. Um, it's funny, these operations always have the funniest names, like Operation Warp Speed is the now the, uh, yeah. um, the vaccine. So Operation Condor was like this like transnational terrorism network that involved helping right-wing dictatorships in Latin America with the direct intention of intervening with countries like Argentina, Bolivia, Brazil, Chile, Paraguay, and Uruguay. Um, The United States government provided the planning, the coordinating, and the training on torture, technical support, and supplied military aid. Um, And the targets, they were targeting left-wing people and left-wing movements because they felt the Republicans and the right-wing really felt like it was in their interest to have right-wing people. And... They wanted to get dissidents, so HW basically helped them get the funding to have the technology to track and kidnap people, torture, and disappear them. And this um, would essentially make it so that everybody's kind of, you know, more or less the same person. Like, they were trying to essentially just wipe out other countries who didn't operate the way that they did. Yes, and, you know, some of these countries, like, some of them were, like, coups or revolutions. Some of them were democratically elected people, you know, um, and in this, during this time, during Operation Condor, at least 60 to 80,000 people were killed. There were over 400,000 plus political prisoners. And this all took place between 1968 and 1989. Um, all Walbush was pretty much in the height of his power. Wow. Uh, so that's interesting. Um, I mean, it's just insane to me that like, I mean, 1989 wasn't that long ago and people were just trying to fucking overthrow entire dictatorship. Yeah. Which, like, I get, like, that you're not supposed to be a dictator, but still, like... Well, it's, it's you know, death squads. That's, so that's the issue of how we see this specific scandal and this specific thing the w- affecting us today. 
Mm-hmm. We would not have all of these refugees coming from South America had this not happened. You know, they would have had, they would have, we destabilized these countries with these programs, making people afraid of their government, making people just afraid to speak out. Yeah. Um, and you, you can't live like that. And it's, it's a big contributor to the violence that we see there today. And this migration of refugees coming to this country. It's, it's our own fault. Yeah. Which sort of leads me into Iran-Contra. So this is so dense. I'm like going to try my best. Um, please bear with me. Um, <laughs> this is like another scandal. It is, it is related. And this, you know, happened, started happening in 1979 um, when uh, VP Bush you know, was VP to Ronald Reagan. Um, but VP Bush was not your typical vice president. He had a, like, in terms of, like, if you, like, I don't know who you'd, like, sort of, like, he's kind of like Dick Cheney. Mm. Um, but he, he had, like, some some VPs don't have a big hand. Some do. Um, so, in 1979, the country of Iran is in, crazy turmoil and is in the midst of a revolution. That's when there's that hostage situation in Tehran, you know, that Ben Affleck movie that he won the Oscar for. Argo. Argo, exactly. So that they couldn't get the 52 American hostages out of Tehran. So when the hostages were finally released, this happened the day after Ronald Reagan was inaugurated. And everyone was like, oh my God, day one, Ronald Reagan is doing all this great, amazing things. But then it's like, hmm, the timing of this is a bit suspect. Because, like, how much are you actually able to do in terms of negotiations in that amount of time? So yeah. then it's, it has been alleged since then, because Bush was, you know, CIA director, deep in the CIA, you know, lots of people, it's alleged that Bush had struck a deal with Iran to delay the release of the hostages to hurt Jimmy Carter's re-election chances and basically be like, he can't do anything, and then bolster... Um, the Reagan administration, like after it had finally happened, to give them even more popularity because the electoral win for Ronald Reagan in that year was insane. I can't believe he even pulled this all off so early. Mm-hmm. I like, know. Who would have planted these kinds of seeds right before they're even really in office? I know. And so in July of that same year of 1979, when Iran is kind of in turmoil, there is this left-wing group in Nicaragua called the Sandinistas who successfully overthrew a right-wing dictatorship that had been propped up originally by the United States government in the 1930s. Um, And then similar things started to happen in the region. You know, this kind of relates to the um, other scandal. Um, And, you know, the Reagan and Bush administration just did not like that. I mean, they noticed something sketchy was happening. Mm-hmm. And so they really came to a head during this administration. They wanted to stop it. And they're like, how do we stop this? It's not in our interest. It's not in our economic. It's not in our political interest. And that's when, that's when the death squads start, you know. Mm-hmm. And they want to help these right-wing group called the Contras in Nicaragua. And they're also working, trying to figure out what to do with Iran. And then there's this group called Hezbollah and it is illegal to sell weapons to Iran at this time, but they do it. They sell weapons to Iran. 
But then they use part of the money that they get from Iran for selling the weapons to then help these right-wing death squads. Oh, my and, God. And, you know, governments to try and overthrow. And it's basically a secret government just being run out of HW's office. Yeah. These people that they're sending are brutal. They, like, drop people out of helicopters, kill priests. Um and so you can't even be surprised about the stuff that happens with like weapons of mass destruction like 20 years later when this is going to mm-hmm. be the entire thing where like he learned from his fucking dad. Mm-hmm. I know. And like the whole time Bush HW is doing this, his chief of staff is someone who was from the CAA who had to resign. And he's actually one of the guys he went to Vietnam in the beginning. That's why I brought it up. Wow. So it's all kind of just cyclical. So part of the story is really crazy, too, is that HW was working with this guy in Panama to land weapons there, and then Panama was, like, distributing the weapons. But the guy who was helping HW coordinate this mm-hmm. was then turning around and using the cargo flights for these weapons to ship cocaine back into the United oh! States. So now we're in drug crime. Exactly. So HW and his people were trying... were getting weapons to South America, the people who were getting the weapons in South America were then sending the cargo ships back with cocaine because they were working with the Medellin cartel. I'm dumb. I feel like this is like three scandals in one. I know. And the CIA and HW were all aware of this, that this was happening, but they just wanted to oust this new democratically elected socialist government in Nicaragua so badly that they were like, it's war on drugs. We're, 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 we're the ones that's setting the war on drugs, but we're, like, going to let these people bring cocaine back in. Wow. Um, and then, so this all started to come out because, as, you know, all things do, and a 1987 congressional investigation began, which then resulted in that administration basically destroying a whole bunch of evidence, which is why H.W., George H.W. Bush, after he was defeated in his re-election campaign in December before he was out, pardoned all of the top officials who were set to testify in front of Congress about this, including his Secretary of Defense. A lot of people were saying he was going to go down for it as well and needed to protect his ass. Wow. I cannot believe he pardoned everyone. That wasn't everywhere. Like, does nobody pardon like... I know. He pardoned, like, the most top ones. Some people did serve time, but nothing, like... At, like the, the main people and nothing horrible happened to them. Wow. I mean, I just can't get over the fact that this is just the eighties. I know it's, it's, it's really crazy. And I think, I think a lot of it was people just wanted to move on mm-hmm. and it, it brings to light, like all of this stuff with Trump and his pardons. Yeah. And it's like, who, how good ideas is it to have this power? Maybe just fix the justice system. Also, there must be stuff behind like every person he's let go or pardoned, you know? Like mm-hmm. that just makes me think that whenever there is a rumbling in the staff, like there is a scandal behind it. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna try and get through the rest of these scandals quickly. In the lead up to the Gulf War, America PR firms hired so the Gulf War was quite like a rock thing, and apparently PR firm orchestrated that Iraqi soldiers went into Kuwaiti hospitals and took babies out of incubators to die on the floor and stabbed pregnant women. This came because a young woman testified in front of Congress who was said to have been a volunteer and was present as this all happened. It turns out she wasn't there at all and was actually 
the daughter of a Kuwaiti ambassador to the United oh. States. Um, and her testimony was a result of coaching by a PR firm known as Hill and Knowlton. HW used her testimony at least six times as public justification for this war and going into Iraq and during the Gulf War. And in that time, he dropped nearly 90,000 tons of bombs on Iraq. Um, 100,000 civilians died. Um, and that's, that's, you know, at least, but that's just from the, the, the bombs. At least 200,000 died in Iraq because the bombs also just destroyed the civilian infrastructure, like electricity and water treatment facilities. And not to mention that, you know, Iraq was a modern country. Middle Eastern country at this time. And um, there was a lot of historical significance to such an old area of human civilization. So W. Bush basically takes this as a playbook 10 years later when he becomes president for the second war in Iraq. Um, he installed Clarence Thomas to the Supreme Court with the Anita Hill scandal, his response to the HIV and AIDS epidemic or lack thereof. Yeah. And a total of eight women have come forward accusing him of sexual harassment, saying he had groped them. What I keep thinking about is like when you learn about a scandal through, let's say it's TV, let's say it's a book, whatever, you end up sympathizing with somebody who you see testify or you end up sympathizing with like somebody who you see who like comes out with a story who's like really juicy, whatever. So they mm -hmm. basically were capitalizing on this one innocent fake story because they knew it would essentially distract everybody. And... Mm -hmm lead them into a war that didn't need to be had it's like yes like obviously like there's so many there were so there's so like saddam hussein obviously terrible dictator but you know there's a lot of them and it's pick and choose and it all comes down to basically oil you know in the end and money and we're just keep coming back to oil and steel and and war with the bushes today's episode of american fever dream is brought to you by newly have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. 
Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. So now I'm going to move on to the third push that we're talking about, George W. Um, So his first scandal I want to talk about is he got a DUI in 1976 when he was 30. Um, But he pled guilty, paid a $150 fine. His driving privileges were temporarily suspended in Maine because it happened outside one of their, like, huge estates in Maine. And that's it. Like, some people get DUIs. Like, how many people do you know who's had a DUI who then, like, can work and public service nobody can and you're not supposed to be able to like they Mm -hmm. just legitimately bought it off and hit it like the fact that Mm -hmm. people are able to just i mean we'll go into chapel quick another time but the fact that people are able to just get away with like duis and like never have to come to any sort of consequence Mm -hmm. to start soaring into a position of power after that is mind-boggling i know so george w bush basically he's the least bright of the bunch mm-hmm. you know he got into Yale because of who he was he avoided serving in Vietnam because of who he was he basically like he got into this very elite program of pilots that he never would have qualified for otherwise um you know he lied our way into the war in Iraq in 2001 in the wake of 9-11 yep. basically using an American tragedy to justify a war that had nothing to do with one or the other 250,000 civilians died in Iraq, Afghanistan, and Pakistan. Eventually, the United Nations would conclude that that war was an illegal war. Mm-hmm. Um, and even his own former counterterrorism chief accused him of committing war crimes. He uh, opened Guantanamo Bay, where people are still being held there without trial, um, who are some are presumed to be innocent, but because it would be politically um, bad to release them, they won't. Um, another terrible thing he did was, you know, authorizing CIA to conduct secret detention programs. Basically, they tortured relentlessly. Um, a Republican-led Senate intel report said one man who was suspected of being an Afghan militant endured 48 hours of sleep deprivation, auditory overload, total darkness, isolation, a cold shower. He was then shackled to a concrete wall and was nude from the waist down, and then he froze to death. Um, and this is all for Offer, yeah, you know, so Dick Cheney could install his own, like, Halliburton, like, gas pumps to pump oil in Iraq. When Bush was asked about if he supported torturing detainees, he said, damn right. Um, most more recently, oh, there's all, like, how much he fucked up in Katrina. A Republican-led Senate report said he had failed at all levels to plan, prepare, and respond aggressively. Um, Bush lobbied, more recently lobbied for the Republican senators to approve of Brett Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court. Oh my God. And most recently was seen with America's new favorite, least favorite talk show host, Ellen laughing at a football game. Yeah. (laughs) Which was a funny, stupid scandal. I mean, I thought Ellen was cool up until all this stuff (laughs) happening. And here we are. I feel as if things just come out about all these stars and they're all really horrible people. Like I hope one day Beyonce is not a horrible human. Well, 
And it's it's funny to see the celebrities come out for her and be like, Ellen's always treated me nicely. And it's like, yeah, you're a celebrity. Everyone treats you nicely. Like that. <laughs> so those are the three main bushes that we're talking about today. Now, and I I felt like the most, you know, yeah, affecting our current culture. And I think it's important to know about, like, because, you know, I, as I talked about, you see the refugees coming from South America. You see in the Middle East this rise of this deep hatred for America um, and these organizations like ISIS and Al-Qaeda all forming and stuff. And it really is our fault. Yep. <laughs> We're just nice people and did things the correct way instead of like going behind people's backs and, you know, starting wars for no reason. Maybe so many people wouldn't be after us right now. Yeah, all for like American, this like American exceptionalism, imperialism thing. Um, so some other Bushes, I would say the black sheep of the family is George Bush's daughter, Barbara. Because mm. she doesn't really seem to be doing anything other than she co-founded a, uh, like a nonprofit organization called the Global Health Corps, which helps um, young professionals for paid 13-month fellowships to promote health equity in East Africa and Southern Africa and the U.S. So I think because she's doing like a pretty good thing and that's all she really does, I'm like, okay. Well, both Bush daughters, like the ones that were in the White House, uh, Jenna Bush and Barbara Bush, just like aren't political. They, they don't belong to a political party. But Jenna Bush, W's daughter, um, mm-hmm. is now a co-host on the Today Show. And yeah. she co-anchors with Hoda and Jenna. Love you know, one of my favorite pastimes. But it's funny, like, okay, but like that is just like frustrating. Because <laughs> she got because she's W's daughter. Uh-huh. Um W's brother Jeb unsuccessfully ran for president and was governor of Florida. Um and George Bush is now a painter, which is whatever. He's like <laughs> paints. Um George's first cousin and HW's nephew, Joe Ellis, is the CEO and chairman of the Denver Broncos. So they, they've branched into sports. Wow. Um, another Jonathan as Bush. This, there's too many of them, CEO of Athena Health. But they are saying that the rising star of the Bush political dynasty is Jeb Bush's son, George P. Bush. Oh. He is the 28th commissioner of the Texas General Land Office. Um, and he is his because Jeb Bush has married a Mexican woman, and so he is half Mexican, half American, and he's like seen as like the future of like this like political. That was like part of his whole thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. George P. Bush. They're all Georges, and John's is rec- it's ridiculous. Wow. I mean, I think that people kind of pivoted probably because of how fucked up their pasts were, and they wanted to, you know start fresh as many people like to do you know well the one the new the the, the young rising star is very much still a republican he is oh. said he's he's still supporting trump <laughs> oh, but he's still a trumper my that so there's that like maybe they're good people now that they've seen how fucked up their families are i know i mean maybe they'll listen to this and they'll change yeah. their minds and they'll, <laughs> they'll say they're sorry you know yeah. you judge because George Bush never has never acknowledged that they lied about, you know, the, the, the war, the weapons of mass destruction. Um, but, you know, it's these, these families 
And this, you see it now with Trump, they're responsible for hundreds of thousands of people dying and they're all products of nepotism. Like it's true for Trump now when you look at coronavirus too, so. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna probably have documentaries, movies, film, like everything about how Trump failed this entire year, slash yeah. entire life. But I think it's definitely cool to learn more about the Bushes. Okay, that's it for the Bush family. When we come back, it's time to play a game. Okay, so before we close out the show, we are going to play a game of Bush or Ball. Yes. So Bush or Ball is basically, we're going to read a headline that is provided to us by our podcast producer, Sean. And then we have to decide whether it is true, whether it's Bush or whether it's false. Ball. Um, Are you ready? Yeah, I'm excited. Okay. George W. Bush had the highest approval rating of any president in the United States history. No way. I mean, I would venture to say this is bull. Okay, I think I know just because, okay, the, the, the world came together after 9-11. Oh, so that, okay. It is in, it is in fact, fact. It is not... <sighs> It is not Bull. Yeah, so he actually had both the lowest and highest approval ratings in United States history. After 9-11, his approval rating was at 90%. Um, And then just before the 2008 elections, his approval rating was at 25%. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah, I was definitely just thinking about before the election. I honestly, Mm -hmm. sometimes people always say that he was such a hero around 9-11, and I'm like, eh. Yeah. Yes, he was. <laughs> okay, number two. W was inspired by Winston Churchill to become a painter after leaving office. I honestly am thinking that since he was a painter slash is a painter, he has to have been inspired by someone. So maybe it was Winston Churchill. Let's say Bush. So that is a fact. Bush began painting as a hobby after reading Winston Churchill's essay, Painting as a Pastime. He has painted portraits of world leaders, including Vladimir Putin and Tony Blair and himself in a bathtub. Wow. Um, (laughs) That's true. So number three, George H.W. Bush was the first person in history to run for major office as the vice presidential candidate while simultaneously serving as the director of a major intelligence agency. In this case, the CIA. I feel like I would have known this, so I'm going to say Bull. You are correct. (laughs) It is Bull. He spent four years out of office during the Carter administration, becoming chairman of the executive committee of the First International Bank in Houston. Wow. Okay. So jump from the CIA to a bank, then vice president. You know, typical. Next one, number four. H.W. and Barbara Bush were the longest married presidential couple ever. Oh my gosh. I actually think this might be true because they both, I mean, Barbara was one of those like happy first ladies. She seems very genuine and they're all, I mean, they're kind of old. And they were, well, they're both dead, but yeah, they were very old. Yeah. Um, so this is fact. The couple had celebrated their 73rd anniversary in 2018, making the pair the longest married presidential couple in history. Um, Next one. W, a former pilot, is the first and only president to go to outer space. I mean, I 
don't know of any president that's gone to outer space. So I would call bull. That is bull. This is w me just was, guessing. <laughs> he was not in outer space, but he was in outer space in mind only. No president has been to space. There was a point in time that Lady Gaga was supposed to perform in space, but then remember um, like the Richard Branson thing? Oh. And then, one, and then the rich, like, because Richard Branson was going to start commercial flights. And then I think it like one of the things crashed. Yeah. Uh, and then it just like never happened. Maybe we should send like a beautiful person to space like Obama. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe he iconic. would do it. They say <laughs> that like once you, once you see the earth from space, it like makes you um, want to save it. So maybe. I don't know. Maybe we <laughs> should send Trump that. there. Uh, HW, next one. HW was a decorated college baseball player. Huh. I mean, I'm thinking like Texas. Let's go with, hmm. I'm torn on this one. Let's go with Bush. Bush, it is fact. It is correct. He was a member of the Yale baseball team and played in the first two college World Series. Two college World Series. Okay. It's odd that they call it the World Series when it's only the United States playing. Yeah, right? I've, I've always thought that was strange. I've been watching the Mi- Michael Jordan doc. Ooh. And he was a, he was a world, world champion. None of these baseball players are. Yeah. <laughs> I love Last Dance. It was so good. Um, next one. Jeb Bush holds dual citizenship in both the United States and Mexico. Um, ooh, I feel like I know this. Um, oh, gosh. I want to say Bush. That is, in fact, Bull. Oh, damn it. <laughs> His wife was born in Mexico and holds dual citizenship. Jeb is a Floridian and only holds single citizenship. Yeah, like, why would I even question it? I was like... <laughs> he does speak fluent Spanish, though. Yeah, so then I was like, okay, maybe there's a chance. <laughs> um, okay, so H.W. Bush served as president during two terms. Um, I would say he basically... H.W. Okay, I'm going to call Bull. So I didn't know this. I'm really guessing. Yeah, I didn't know this one either, but this was actually fact. This is real. This is Bush. Oh, my he, gosh. Um, because, because Reagan was shot. And so for eight hours while President Reagan was in surgery, uh, he acted as president. What? Wow. I had no idea. I'd never heard that before. That's really interesting. Go, Sean. Um, okay, next one. The youngest daughter of H.W., Dorothy Doro Bush is married to a member of the Koch family of the Heritage Foundation fame. That sounds like a great story about nepotism, two successful people trying to, you know, procreate. So maybe I would say Bush. I'm really <laughs> No, guessing. it's not. It's Ball. He, <laughs> he did marry someone with the last name Koch. But he is not, in fact, a member of the infamous Koch family dynasty. Can't want to okay. guess. It's not a very common name. So, last one. H.W. Bush was famous for his socks. Yes, I believe he was. I've heard that before. That is true. It is Bush. His eye-catching socks became famous in his post-presidency, inspiring a line of merchandise 
sold by the Republican National Committee. I love that. Well, that is it for Bush and Bull. Next week, we'll be playing another game on the Kennedys episode. Alicia, uh, do you want to give us a little like sneak peek of your yeah. favorite scandal? So next week, I'm going to be taking the wheel, switching gears to be a little less political, more sex and drugs heavy. And I'll talk more about that next week. Well, that's it for us. Um, Where can people find you on social media, Brian? Oh, I'm at Brian Russell Smith. Uh, You know, it's all spelt like it sounds, except Brian is with a Y. (laughs) Um, Alicia, how about you? I am at Alicia V. Angelus. Last part is spelled like Los Angeles. <laughs> and so whether you're listening on the not another true crime podcast stream or the Betcha Sup stream or the at Betcha stream, make sure to leave a review and subscribe and rate the podcast because it really helps us grow. So we'll be back next Friday with the Kennedys. Betches.